Hello, everyone, and welcome to the fourth sector by Invader Sports. We have myself and Joe on the show today. No Luke, um, but we didn't really need him anyway, did we? That's a bit harsh. I don't know. <laughs> should, we, should I start again? No, 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 it's cool. It's cool. Luke's <laughs> feeling ill today. Um, I think he did actually wake up and catch the race. Uh, obviously, in the UK, it was on 6 a.m. So me and Cal have had long old days. Yeah, we're... Um, <laughs> Yeah. Delirious. Yeah, I don't know. I, I went to bed at nine last night after staying up uh Friday night to watch the quality Saturday morning. So I'm kind of I was kind of cool with it this morning. Um but yeah, Luke's not feeling very well. So you guys are stuck with us morons today. And obviously I like to talk enough as it is, but without Luke to interrupt, this could get this could get wild. Yeah, we might be Buckle- recording until Imola. <laughs> Buckle in everyone, because I've got my I've got my own podcast today. Um, I also had a bit of a mare because I watched some UFC. So I was up till about two o'clock in the morning and then I set an alarm for five to six and then got up at five to six, which is why I've only woken up about five minutes ago before we start recording this. And the time is 20 past seven in the evening. So, right, yo, Joe, there was a race today. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Good day. Uh, in our good day, mate. Um, first of all, no one was harmed in the whole upside down um, land. No one fell over. No one Dam- fell off the air. Damp force seemed to be doing really well. Yeah, gravity doing its job. Um, and there was one particular uh, car that excelled in Australia, and that was the Ferrari. It was a red one. It was a red one. It was a very fast fucking red car. Very bouncy fast red car, actually. Everyone, I, I think because of Mercedes's porpoising, I did kind of forget that everyone else still ha- is suffering from it, whether it, even though it's less. Um, it was you did notice. The, the Ferrari seems to be the bounciest one out of all of them, but it just doesn't yes, seem to affect the pace. They just seem to have some f- form of aero that's making them fly through these corners. And well, that engine is clearly yeah. absolute like levels above everyone else. It's reliable and it's. Fast. Unlike some engines, <laughs> and then unlike some engines, <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It's, it's, so it's got, and then it's, got it's two unlike... out of two. It's fast and it doesn't set on fire. Meanwhile, uh, Mercedes, Red Bull, and Alpine, well, Renault yeah. to be specific, um, are all making unreliable engines. I think that's the, all the engines in the grid as well. Yeah, well, Alonso, I don't think he had to take a new engine. For, I don't think it looks like he has to take a new engine for the next race. So. That's a new streak broken. Woo! And he's still had a hydraulic failure, but we will get to Alpine. We will get to Alpine. So um, I guess we'll start with the man that finished in numero uno, and that is Charles Leclerc. Grand slam. The, the big dog. That is, you know, he couldn't have got it more right this weekend. And for our predictions show in the future, I need to give this guy more respect because I, I keep thinking that, He's winning because Max is having misfortune. And I think I've got to start to accept that this guy is just, he's got it this year, isn't he? And he's also in the best car on the grid. Yeah, that is true. But as you say, I mean, he was, he was still pulling five, six, seven, eight seconds ahead of Max after the second, first pit. I don't know, the safety cars. uh, I don't know how many uh, seconds it was. was, Because he didn't pit until after... I mean, he was still 18 seconds ahead when he pitted, wasn't he? Yeah, it was, it was a, yeah. 
he, yeah. he was he was the leader and he pitted and he was still the leader and it's yeah. kind of not something you, you see ever really is it no, normally at least people fighting for a race someone will take over for a bit wouldn't they or something and like it's that. normally it perez yeah he loves it mate he's just sort of he's a he's a gatekeeper for first place for whoever has it you know yeah. he's just like i got this i'll keep it warm for you yeah yeah he holds that holds that spot nicely um, but yeah, Charles with a brilliant race. I'm fortunate on both days, actually, for Carlos Sainz. I really felt yeah. for him this weekend. Luke's winner, looks... by the way. <clears throat> oh yeah, oh yeah. The predictions. <laughs> he got he got um, Leclerc pole right though. He did get Leclerc pole right. He did. Um, we were we were miles off. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I got a Mercedes podium. That was your wild card. No one expects <laughs> the wild cards to happen anyway. I said ten <laughs> finishes. <laughs> But yeah. to be fair, there was going to be four DRS zones when I said that. And then on the Saturday, they just changed it. Apparently 15 minutes before the session as well. Before FP3, they just changed it. They were like, by the way, fuck your setups. <laughs> we're, we're going to get rid of it because Fernando Alonso doesn't like it. Yeah, and it nearly paid dividends for Fernando Alonso on that Saturday. But yeah, as always I mean, for Fernando, it doesn't yeah. quite go right for him. But yeah, under under that um, under that safe red flag, actually, was it red? It was a red flag when Fernando went off. Uh, signs. It seemed like his his final run in Q three. He didn't get to do one properly, um, or just the timing was messed up, so he didn't get a proper run in Q three. But there was, I mean, some drama in Q one as well. I know we're sort of supposed to be talking about Ferrari, but sort of back to qualifying. There was some drama in Q one as well with um, Latifi and Stroll. Yeah, yeah, that was... So that we've was... got to go all the way back to Friday to start this off, haven't we? Because Vettel and Stroll both had offs on Friday. Yeah. Both... Friday or Saturday? No, that was Saturday morning. Saturday morning. So in Practice, FP3, yeah. they both had offs. The engineers managed to get Stroll ready for qualifying, but not Vettel. And then... Stroll and Latifi had the weirdest crash during qualifying I've ever seen. I mean, how often do we see qu- crashes in qualifying? It's particularly like like that as well. Like there's, there was a lot of velocity to this crash, wasn't there? It was like... Well, and it, they just didn't need to be. But I mean, it looked like so Latifi was on a slow lap, so he's letting people pass. Um, and then he come made out. a mistake, right? Well, he come out, and then um, he so Stroll Stroll let him let him in, I think. And then Joe was coming up. So Stroll went to the right-hand side. But at that point, Latifi started to gun it down the inside of the corner. And then, yeah, they just went into each other. But it looked like it was because uh, Stroll was trying to let Guan Yu Zhou through on the left-hand side and didn't realise Latifi was gunning it down to the right. Um, But all that drama did mean that um, Sebastian Vettel actually had a chance to get out for the first time this season and and have some time in the car um, yeah. which, which didn't go particularly well but no but you he can be forgiven you know he had a bit of a traumatic weekend or round but yeah he can be forgiven for you know not being able to put it up into Q2 or whatever just yet but hopefully scooter scooter drama as well <laughs> yeah of course Get, getting fined 5000 scooter gate he spent all three days this weekend on that scooter at one <laughs> certain point, he, honestly. But he just took it out on the track at one point. I think he just like, I don't know, he must have bribed someone to take it. He's like, <laughs> can I have that? 
I saw him, he did an interview for a German TV, so it was in German, so I can only believe what the subtitles said to me, but I don't know if they were, like, dubbed or whether mm. they were real. But yeah, yeah. it was basically him just saying, like, um, you know, he went to the steward, like, When's, when when am I getting picked up or when I get back? And he was like, oh, there's a scooter here if you want to take that. And that all said, I don't like sitting on the back. Can I drive it? And he was like, yeah, go on. And because you would, I'd give I'd give my car to Sebastian Vettel or my scooter if he needed it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, there was a lot of lot of weird stuff going on in in quali and practice. But anyway, back to what we were talking about. I mean, signs <laughs> signs missed out because of the Fernando Alonso red flag. Yeah. Uh, and then just, I mean, the hard tire didn't seem like the right tire to start on for anyone, did it? Well, he dropped five places more or less off the line, right? So. He was instantly at a deficit. Ninth to 14th, 15th, yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, if there was a chance for him coming back, you know, I know that he's more than capable, particularly with the machinery under him, that that could, on another day, we could be talking about a vintage Carlos Sainz, you know, smooth mm. operator performance coming back and maybe even securing like P4 or something. But I think it looks like the tyres went in the window and he sent it a little bit too yeah. soon on lap two. Yeah it, was, yeah, it was early, two, three, something like that. Into the grass, couldn't hold it, just about managed to avoid collisions with two cars um, and finished, yeah, that was finished the race early doors. Nearly got like T-boned by a couple of cars and that, that, that could have been a frightening crash if that had yeah. actually happened. But thankfully it didn't and he just beached the car. And I think it's going to be really hard for him now. I, it's, I feel for him because now... He's got to a point now he has not put in the performances early enough for him to make himself a priority for this Ferrari team. What's annoying is that he's still put in two brilliant performances, but they're just not what Charles Leclerc's doing. Yeah, so, in the same know, car. So, that's the thing. So you've got the one-two, uh, and then you've got him finishing third. Did he finish third in Jeddah? In Saudi. Uh, it was Verstappen, Leclerc, and then... Yeah, I guess. Yeah, so he's got two two podiums and two races. He might not have. I might have just probably should have checked that. Um, we should check that, shouldn't we? I, I think he's got two podiums and two races. I think he has as well. Should, uh, wait, because Perez ended up fourth, didn't he? I think so. After juice, right, uh, results. Yeah, Carlos signs P3. Yeah. yeah, so he's two podiums in two races and then, you know, one bad weekend and it looks like the team are going to have to lean towards Charles, but they were doing that anyway with the big contract they offered him. Um, you know, he was at one point, and I don't think he's anymore. He was, you know, the the biggest money maker in the the young sort of drivers area of the grid, and had the longest contract, signed a five year deal a couple of years ago, didn't he? So big stuff from Charles, and as you say, it's a shame, but it looks like he's signs he's, his second fiddle now. He's, yeah, he's, he's going to have to be a wingman. He's driving his way there. So, you know, this is um, Mugello, uh, Imola is the actual official home Grand Prix of Ferrari. This is where they do all their testing and everything as well. So big weekend here. Get him, and he could, you know, get himself back in favour of the Tafosi. But it's got to be on his own back because they're not going to give him an inch, Ferrari. They're, you know, he, no. if, if it, when it comes to Charles, they're going to give him the priority now. And rightly so, because he's driven sensationally. And he is a very real opportunity for them to win their first title since 2007. So 
Sainz has really got to drive himself back into contention here. I mean, at this point, it's a one-two or nothing in Italy for Sainz, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> He's got to finish five seconds after Leclerc. Um, and one of them has to pick up the fastest <laughs> lap. And that's yeah. sort of all they'll settle for at this rate because Mercedes are currently leading the, the Constructors' Championship, right? No, I think Ferrari are. Oh, second? Yeah. Mercedes is second in the constructors. Mercedes is second, yeah. And, and second in the drivers. George is second in the drivers. Yeah. Yes, but. yeah. So, uh, speaking of drivers that have to drive themselves back into contention, uh, Max Verstappen and the Red Bull. There is a big problem going on there. Big problemo. That was, uh, he was on fire. It was on fire today. There was a fluid leak, wasn't there? Yeah, but I think they said it, it was a hydraulic fluid, maybe that was on fire. Yeah, and um, um, didn't look good. And Max described it as sh- I think he said it was shitting out everywhere or something, didn't he? Jesus, yeah. Um, he, he was. I mean, he was going to run a comfortable second place until that, um, in my opinion. But um, yeah, I mean, he was still just losing losing time on Charles the whole race. Um, nothing he could have done about that, obviously. Um, I saw Charles say that they didn't expect to have like that advantage over Red Bull because of their performance in Jeddah, which of course was the reason, you know, not that I put much into my predictions other than whatever I think at the time. But I think like my whole thought process was the, the similarities, particularly with the new track layout, yeah. less corners, of course, but still high speed and how Red Bull won that race so they could win this race sort of that was the logic behind it and um i think that charles said that on paper that was what was meant to happen but they've just sort of come in with whether they just got the setup more right from the start i don't know but yeah they they it looked it looked like red bull's setup was off didn't it um well i say you say off perez still came second and i think you know if verstappen finished the race he still would have come second so it's not like it's off off it's just not as good as how ferrari are at the minute but i think most of ferrari as we've said before seems to be down to the engine because mm. it's porpoising like fuck. So something's not right with the downforce. I mean, you can say that it's just handling the porpoising well. Um, but that engine just seems to be unreal. And yeah. Charles is driving very well. Um, Magnificently, yeah. Perez, Perez did pretty well, in my opinion. Yeah, um, he made, you know, he, he had to make moves on both the Mercedes and you know that they're not going to make it easy for him. And they're two very talented drivers, maybe not with the car. Um, I noticed that it was very easy for him to get by with DRS. It was an inevitability almost that he was yeah. going to get past DRS. But just before Perez boxed, Lewis was actually catching him on the same compound. But Lewis maybe had looked after his tyres a bit better, which feels weird to say when Perez is involved. But yeah, um, I found it very, again, very interesting that, and I'm not trying to go on to Mercedes, but the fact that he could defend without DRS much more capably than the other way around. I thought that. Yeah, I think, I don't know. It felt, it felt like the DRS zones weren't quite long enough for people, especially (coughs) you didn't get much done on that main straight, which I thought was going to be all of it. I thought Mm -hmm. like Jeddah, it was just going to be, you know, whoever can get down that main straight um, and, and stick close to it. It just didn't seem to pick up as much as, as we thought, but as you say, that, then again, every overtake was done with DRS anyway. Yeah, um, it's how it is, really. I think uh, some amusing uh, team radio, which was one of them was Perez, first of all, saying, are you still awake? 
or on lap um, 56 or something. Yeah, of course, <laughs> 20 seconds behind Leclerc, about five, six seconds ahead of George Russell. Yeah. And it was a very, very lonely afternoon for the most part. I think that he probably quite enjoyed the Mercedes being involved so he could <laughs> see another human being through. Well, I, I mean, he said yeah. that he's still awake, so he must have gone a few laps without speaking to his engineer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. You don't say that otherwise, do you? No, you, it must have been just complete silence. Just like, oh, fuck me. This is a uh, Sunday drive. In, uh, yeah, this is this is nice. Um, and the other one was, of course, um, when Max went out, he asked about it and they said, this isn't in relation to our car. Don't, don't worry, worry about, about it. it. And I saw someone tweet like, uh, as if Perez thought he was going to have the same parts as Max. Like, what an, <laughs> I- <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <clears throat> Yeah, st- another steady weekend from Checo, which is absolutely what you are paying for with Checo, is you're going to get solid 7 out of 10 performances every single week with an occasional 9 out of 10 performance. And as and as we said last week, I know when Luke asked us, who would you rather have as your teammate, Perez or Sainz? We both said Perez in a heartbeat. Yeah. And it is, it's that simple, isn't it? Verstappen's out of the race. What does Perez do? He picks up P2. It's just... I mean, yeah. it was as you say, it was almost undeniable, inevitable that was going to happen. Perez was going to pick up P two um, as soon as even with a bad start. Do you know what I mean? It's very easy to lose a few places off the start and oh yeah, he drops he dropped right down as well, didn't he? Make a hash of it, yeah. And it was actually he made a good start, but he, he was just on the outside. He was on the he was in the wrong place, so it sort of he had to stop to make sure he didn't hit Max and Lewis swooped around the outside, and that was it really. But yeah, that's uh, Red Bull got a lot to work out. Um, Horner and Verstappen branding it unacceptable, which it is really, particularly with their track record recently of, well, last year of being so brilliant. It's it's wild to see them two DNFs in the first three and trailing a much slower Mercedes team who are only going to get faster. Now, if Red Bull can't focus on upgrades because they're trying to focus on reliability. Yeah. And Mercedes have got reliability and they just need to get their upgrades. And all of a sudden, Mercedes are not only ahead of them, but they're level with them on pace. It could be a very big kick in the teeth for Red Bull for not taking advantage of this early season pace. Which and to be fair, I know I know we've talked about a little bit of a tantrum from Horner and Verstappen. But I thought overall, Max seemed to handle it better than I thought he was going to. Yeah, yeah, he didn't like you know he didn't stop throwing his gloves or his steering wheel. Because, or anything like you know, that. even when he's winning, he's kicking off about stuff all the time. And it seemed like you know he just said, "Oh, the, the cars, I can smell something funny." He pulled over, they told him to stop the car. He got out and he was showing them. And then the you know the interview, obviously, he did say later on, he said it's unacceptable, you know. But he wasn't doing the the team did this. It was like we need to do this. No, no. <laughs> but yeah, I was relatively impressed um, with how he handled it. And that's again something we don't usually usually say about. Max yeah. handling things. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. It's on and off the track. It's normally very brash. Yeah. Um, he did also say, uh, he said something along the lines of, um, very sorry, I just turned and looked at the, the Masters, the golf, and I just completely lost track of what I was about to say. Um, oh, he said that the focus is not on the championship, the focus is on finishing races, is what he said. Yeah. Which absolutely it is at the moment. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, he's sixth in the championship, I believe, at the moment. Well, three race starts and one finish, and it's a win. So it's kind of like it's just very much hit or miss, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think it, even if the car didn't stop 
that he would have won that race. I don't think there was any chance of him hanging on to the back of Charles. Um, seemed like Ferrari got that set up perfect. So, yeah, uh, some work to do for Red Bull. But, you know, there's going to be tracks that, that favour them again, I think. Mm, um, for sure. But it's weird because, you know, as we spoke about in Jeddah, it seemed like the, the raw pace of the Red Bull was, was a lot quicker, um, you know, especially in a straight line um, than the Ferrari. And now we've gone two weeks and we're now saying that the Ferrari is by far the fastest car. So it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's a little bit confusing as to how that setup was done so wrong. Yeah, I do. That's where you have to. That's where it goes a bit too technical for my understanding. I don't know how they can get it right and wrong and like how they select these setups. It's and a what downforce they issue because they're in Australia. Ah, I forgot about that. I did. I did find it quite funny that I was doing the the upside down jokes last week and Luke was not impressed with them. But every F1 team was doing it as well, including Sky yeah. Sports F1 on Instagram. Yeah, they, everyone <laughs> so was funny. doing it. So that was the first message I sent on uh, FP3 on Saturday yeah. morning, wasn't it? It was like half four. <laughs> I, dude, it was so so stressful. Some of you might have seen this. I'm fucking standing there like turning my phone upside down to my TV. And then I realised I just had to turn it around on my fucking yeah, phone you just like crop it and... you just crop it and spin it around but instead i stood there with my phone upside down <laughs> trying to take a picture of it trying to hang on and press the button at the same time so car number 63 started sixth and finished third impressive start considering i mean you had lando that just wasn't very quick um unfortunately for mclaren again good race but not very quick um and alonso alonso no, Verstappen. Verstappen that didn't didn't finish the race. I was trying to think about Alonso in there, but that was qualifying. Yeah. So, uh, Mister Mister Mr. Russell, car number sixty three. He he, you know, he had a solid day, didn't he? Which is pretty much how you can describe his first three outings from Mercedes. Business as usual, isn't it? Just solid. He's scoring as good a points as he can in a race. He's not making any mistakes and he finds himself in second place in the world championship after three races. And his first actual podium. And his first real podium, which uh, someone actually mentioned to him in the uh, in the scrum afterwards, the media scrum. Mm. And he was just like, well, I counted the last one. I, no one else did, but I did. I didn't know we were making jokes about that other one. <laughs> yeah. So two, two laps in uh, Spa. But yeah, so he, he has secured his first real podium and a, again, a really solid drive. He got a lovely slice of luck with that safety car, but... Which Lewis didn't and he wasn't pleased about. No, because obviously, ironically, you know, that slice of luck come about because he was behind Lewis. If he, if he was in front of Lewis, he gets priority. He would have boxed first and Lewis yeah. would have stayed out and it would have gone the other way. So it is a nice slice of fortune, but you've still got to drive it to the finish. That, of course, happened early on. A lot could have happened, but... He just kept it ticking. Um, Lewis got close to him late on, but was told to call the very reliable Mercedes engine. He says, "Yeah, he was overheating. <laughs> he was overheating." Yeah, you could see him like getting out of the slipstream, like towards uh, on like the main straights and stuff, just to try and cool it down. Um, but Mercedes are. Second in the constructors, uh, second and fifth in the drivers, and it's. That's what you want out of damage limitations. It's yeah, exactly what I, you've said I, for the past three weekends. They really have walked away in a much better position than they ever should be. Yeah. And if they yeah, if they can now kick on and find the pace, 
I don't think it's too late yet now. If Red Bull had fucked off as well, because if you think if Red Bull had not broken down their Mercedes would be on a lot less points and then yeah. there'll be that. So, yeah, I, I think that they, the, the dream could still happen, but I mean, they've written, they've written their luck to now. Yeah. When you, when you bring these upgrades, hopefully this, you know, this can turn into uh, a free horse race for the constructors. I really do think Charlotte Flair is probably going to win the world championship. I think he fucking deserves some glory. <laughs> A fast little bastard, isn't he? He's a quick little monogast. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't look like they're going to fall off. I mean, they could fall off. It's only three races. You can't read too much into it, but it doesn't look like they're going to fall off. Um, so it's the constructors that we're going to be thinking about, really. Um, and right now, you know, again, they might have to sort of rely on some some issues until they can get their car in contention. But when they can get their car in contention, they could very much be looking at, um, you know, just plugging them third, fourth, fifths in um capitalizing on on errors and as you say you have to be in it to win it so yeah absolutely um and it's is you know if these guys keep making mistakes around them they really can pull off mm. a much better result than they could have i thought about this um just later on this afternoon um and it was actually in relation to mclaren's upgrades and it was that their um they're being very uh, particular about when they roll it out and how they roll it out. And do you think if there wasn't a cost cap, so the whole point is obviously it's being, you, it, these upgrades need to be as cost efficient as possible yeah. because of this cost cap. Do you think Mercedes woes would already be fixed if they could just throw unlimited money at it? Yeah. Which, which they probably would have if they yeah. could. Right? I mean, yeah. that's, that's how they've been so good, right? Is yeah. funding. Yeah. They've been the richest I just, team. I just thought that's that it's interesting isn't it that this this cost cap has really that's played such a big part and, in it but they can't say that can they no of course not of course they can't not. say that like if we if we if we could spend all of our money then we're we money frauds <laughs> <laughs> if we could spend all of our money then we'd win yeah <laughs> seriously guys like... <laughs> we'd be so quick if we could just spend all the money but for some reason we're not allowed to spend all the money because of this fairness stuff so, yeah, I just thought that was an interesting tidbit. And, um, of course, that does bring us on to a very steady weekend for McLaren, their first double points finish of the weekend. Another team that are biding their time with their upgrades, but seem to have made more progress than we thought. Than, than the other Mercedes uh, yeah. front yeah. runner. Um, because, yeah, that, I mean, they, they really were. They really were a back runner in Bahrain on pace. Oh, yeah. And, they, you know, Lando qualified P4 and they finished sixth and seventh. Fifth and, Fifth and sixth. sixth. Fifth and sixth. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Love to see it, to be honest. Uh, Danny Rick getting points uh, at home. He doesn't often do that. And there's, there's quite a few DNFs. I think there was one disqualification he got in Australia as well. So, um, Just, there was a lot of orange hats as well, wasn't there? There's a lot of orange hats. Uh, there's a lot of red hats. Hmm. That that that's just that's always everywhere you go. There's going to be a lot of red hats. It's just Formula One thing, but um, yeah, a lot of orange hats, as you say. Um, and he looked very happy in all his interviews, Danny Rick. Um, and that you know that was that was good to see. It did feel like there was a lot of just happiness to be back in Australia, didn't there? Yeah. Like the whole yeah. weekend, I saw so much media just like 
it just it, it just felt like there was more to it than we're just back in Australia and it's business, business, yeah. business. I mean, three years out, and, and you know, you know, you've got um, former drivers that are from Australia, current driver that's from Australia, like and Piastri, obviously as well. Everyone's really excited for him to hopefully get a seat soon. Um, looks like there might be one opening up at Aston Martin. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> or, or Williams, you know, Vettel might retire, Latifi might get sacked. Um, but yeah, it looked like like they were, they were really they were really happy to be there. Danny Rick was really happy. Everyone seemed to love it. I think the track was a lot better. Yeah, um, yeah, it was fun. I I noticed them saying about uh, uh, they were reading out how many overtakes per race there were over the last few years. Yeah, um, 2017 there was two. <laughs> That is mental, mate. <laughs> two overtakes in about 60 laps. Um, in 2018, there was five. So it's it just really... So it's worse than Monaco. Yeah, well, it, it was. But I think, yeah. you know, it was just like a mixture of things. It was the layout of the track with how the cars were running. Obviously, they were struggling. Whilst this year, we had... Um, from 9th to 17th, coveted by four seconds for 25 laps. Yeah. And they're all chopping and changing. So, yeah, good to be back in Australia. And it looks like they've improved the the viewers. Like, it's a better spectacle now than it yeah. was over the last few yeah. years. I mean, so. I'm no expert on logistics of uh, changing a track. Mm. I know it was obviously relatively radical to add in a fourth DRS zone, uh, something that blew my mind when we spoke about it last. But they were talking about how radical these changes were. And then you look at the map and the changes and you think, uh, what? Yeah. Apart from the DRS zone, it was, they just made some, I mean, they got rid of a chicane, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and they, they, they widened some of the corners. And, made one corner a bit deeper. Yeah. And it was like. But it, yeah. it made for a much, much better race. Um, it really did. Yeah. So, yeah. Again, McLaren. Looking good, um, as we say. Hopefully, they can get some upgrades in soon. I assume, you know, that they're probably on a similar sort of work schedule to Mercedes. Um, it's because Mercedes have to make the new engines. Yeah, and I, but I assume that they'll be like trying to be as cost efficient as possible and roll out the upgrades through the European season. Um, yeah. So, I, I, yeah, I expect them to get into, like, the third or fourth best place soon, which, you know, I guess they kind of just did in that race, but I expect them to continue that with a bit more. Well, I mean, at the, at the minute, obviously, Red Bull have, have fucked up a couple of times, but it should be, we should be looking at Ferrari, Red Bull, and then Mercedes and McLaren slinging it, right? They should hmm. be, that, that seems like where the fight should be, but it's just not because of some of the results so far. Um, you know, which, as we've said, could cost Red Bull massively. But that seems where the order should be. Um, and it's not something we would have said after the first race or the second race of the season, no. McLaren to be in that fight. Um, yeah, so because we would have well. put Alpine there. And we're going to talk about Alpine now. We are. We are. They're not a lot to say. Um, just good. Just just solid. Could have done better. Um, very unlucky again. I'm sure you've seen all the media going around that uh, Fernando's first two sectors... He was two tenths up on Charles' pole position time. That would what have been a, fucking mental, dude. The scenes, the absolute scenes. I I do wish we got to see him finish that lap. And of course, as uh, it's gut wrenching, 
that it wasn't. I, if it's his mistake, it is gut wrenching. Nice. But the fact that the, the car just failed on him midway through a, a lap like that, man. Yeah, I mean, what, um, what a bloke! Fuck me. Uh, yeah, hey, I just, I, I hope that. Well, I don't. I don't know. I just, I hope they get another couple of goes at being at the front Alpine, and maybe that could be another dynamic to it all. That they, they've got some good speed at some tracks and stuff as well. Yeah, and Ocon, you know, went under the radar because he wasn't in all, all of the battles that we we saw on on our Sky Sports package. Um, I think we need to be paying for F1 TV Pro and then VPNing to America. Yeah, I think that's where they get the good coverage. Um, but I'm I'm still very much a stickler for only wanting to watch on satellite, so you get it fully live. Um, yeah, I'm all for I'm all for the live. To be fair, he finished seventh today. Um, where did he finish in Bahrain? Couldn't tell you without googling it, mate. Ocon, I'm just gonna have a look. Fuck it. I just I feel like he's come like seventh every race, and it's just like he is really. He's really come along as like a, a solid little driver, isn't he, Esteban? I I, I actually um, didn't really care much until he got that win in Hungary. Yeah, I yeah. didn't really because it went it went so under the radar. But once you do that, and I think you know, it was a bit different with Gasly getting his surprise win because he'd been in that big seat at Red Bull. Hmm. But with Ocon, it was one of them ones that for me, you know, being a bit of a noob, he kind of flew under the radar for me until he got that win, and I was just like. This guy's got a bit about him. Um, and he does look pretty good and he's having a good season. Yeah, so he comes seventh and then he came sixth and then he came seventh. So and in a car that you would expect to come about seventh. Yeah, seventh to tenth, somewhere. You, you, yeah. you, you expect a point to finish from them most, most weekends now, uh, which is just not what we had last year or all, all year. So... Um, big shift to, uh, you know, where we saw it's almost like a swap with a couple of these teams from, from last year, isn't it? Um, but yeah, we wouldn't have called that last year. Alpine being in the points every single race. I mean, maybe we would have, they were pretty, but not both of them, not both of them. No, no, no. But they, they this year they've, they've got that about them and, you know, let's see. awful though, doesn't it? Oh, it's not very nice. <laughs> it's not very nice. But let's see how they develop their car and maybe they can be a little surprise package this season and start working their way into our wildcard predictions in the future. Um, Alfa oh, Romeo, they drove the race today. They did finish it. Alfa Tauri. Um, <laughs> the, uh, no, no, yeah. no, we wanted to chat about uh, Zhou Guanyu because he did, yeah. He um, is fucking class, isn't he? For a rookie as well. No mistakes in him at the minute. Somehow. No, he's driving with Bottas, who very sadly lost his Q3 run. Was it 102 or 103 I, in a I, row? Like, something like 103, 102, 105, something like that. Consecutive Q3 sessions that he carried on into the season. And unfortunately, he didn't quite have the legs to do it. In on Saturday, yesterday. Um, however, he did still manage to get a top 10 finish at the end of the race. Guan Yu Zhou finishing P11 and showed good pace all afternoon. Definitely um, like put pressure on. Uh, I think it was at one point he was trying to overtake Fernando Alonso, who of course he eventually did because Alonso came last of all the runners. But just great to see that this rookie, not too much experience, has come in and just getting his head down. I mean, you know, what was he? he was, was he third in F2 last year? I don't think he... Yeah, because Piastri won it. I think I think 
Joe finished third, and yet he was he was big. He was big last year in F2. But you sort of think that coming into a car that is actually quite good has helped him, where you know you had um, Mick and Nikita Mazepin last year in the car that was shit. Yeah. Um, and then you had Yuki Sonoda, who has the mistakes in him in a car that was actually quite good. Quite solid, yeah. But he's come in and he's, he is solid and the car is solid, Joe Guanyu. So very impressed with him. Um, and Valtteri Bottas is just doing Valtteri Bottas things, but yeah, um, finishing where the car is supposed to finish. Yeah, just going to keep racking up them points and absolutely happy for him. I hope he keeps going and I, I hope he gets a podium this year as well. I really do. But now, now we can move on to the Alpha. Now we can move on to Alpha Tauri, which what has happened? happened? Yeah, they because I mean, you had the reliability issue in the yeah in the first the first first race with with Gasly. Um, yeah, yeah, that was like okay, there's a there's a blip there, but they're just off the pace now, um, and it's not something we're used to. No, they, they've now sort of. Particularly since the switch to Alpha Tauri, obviously Toro Rosso formally, it does feel like since they changed their name, they yeah, like they felt they were a bit more competitive. I don't know if they were under like new, slightly new ownership in certain forms or new guidance or new management or whatever. But yeah, we've always seen them like Gasly put that car in Q three, most races, a lot last year, yeah. and in and a lot of the time managed to stick it up in like P four, P five. Oh, and, and he'd, um, he'd get a P5, P6 finish in the race and no one would bat an eyelid. Uh, but no. now, that car's not getting into Q3. No, and that, and it's, you know, you, you just got to hope it finishes because it didn't start in Jeddah. Yuki didn't start in Jeddah. And obviously, Gasly had to pull over in Bahrain. Um, so at least they both finished today. Uh, but Yuki down in P15 and Pierre picking up two championship points in P9, probably aided by... Um, Alex Albon's late stop. Um, he did also make a mistake, Gasly went wide in the mm. final corner, didn't he? Which is what let Bottas through. So maybe a, ne- a net P8, if you will. But um, yeah, they're just they're just not at the races at the moment, and it can't you can't blame the engine because the Red Bull clearly is fast. Yeah, the, the Red Bull Honda engine because it's Red Bull name, but Honda actually made it, so it's actually Hon- a Honda. Honda parts, Red Bull made. But it is Red Bull powertrains, but it's not. But it's literally it's Honda. Uh, but it's Red yeah. Bull powertrains. But it's Red Bull, but it's Honda. Either way, they're they're running that engine. It's clearly a good engine, yeah. not very reliable. They have all proven that quite convincingly at this point. But yeah, so there must be maybe some aero issues or something. But AlphaTauri yet to really kickstart their season with a solid result like they yeah were pulling in last year as well. So that's. I think the Battle of the Alphas is going to be Alpha Tauri, Alpha Romeo is probably going to be one to watch for the season in terms of... And, uh, and I hope Alpha Tauri pick up the pace because I know we were talking about um, some decent points there for, for Gasly, but that's been helped in a couple of ways um, and the car wasn't on the pace. No, not at all. No. So that, that's a shame. And then on to someone that we didn't expect to see in the points at all this season because he's driving a shit box around yeah. the circuits. He's With Alex it. Albon at Williams going 57 laps on them hard tyres. And I'll actually put in my notes that I've sent to you. It looks like they're hoping for another safety car because they've run too long on these hard tyres and they're not going to get into points because he was running P7 yeah. on lap 57. They've whacked him in the pits 
Uh, did they wax some softs on him? They did, yeah. They they waxed some, some he was the only one to use softs? Mm, yeah. yeah. Only yeah, one yeah. to use softs. Um, again, we might we might say he was aided by some some other drivers having issues, but somehow he wound up in P7 after all the safety cars and virtual safety cars and all the cheap pit stops everyone had, and he just didn't stop. No, but, you know, realistically, he had solid pace. You know, he, he must have, whether he managed his tyres well or whatever, he, you know, well done to Williams for managing to pull it out of their arse. I don't know if they went in with that plan. And I'll Mate, be shocked it really, if they did. it really, really did look like they fucked it, didn't it? it that's it, what I mean. I, I can't imagine they were like, by the way, Alex, don't want to pit alarm on the you. last lap. <laughs> you're not coming until the end, son. <laughs> see, so, see you in an hour and a half. So it's, <laughs> so it's, so it's plan A plus 32? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Rogue, but, rogue, rogue decisions. Very I suppose rogue. When, they, when they're not running at the car at full pace because of all these safety cars, um, because we had a good few laps at the beginning and then a good few laps at several stages in the race. Um, yeah, we had the situation where maybe they hadn't grained the tyres as much and those hard tyres, as we've been talking about now, seem to just go, don't they? These hard tyres seem to be the preferred race tyre uh, and there's nothing stopping them. No, like I'm, I'm just like. Pirelli said forty laps. Those hard tires. Alex Albon's done fifty-seven on them. And pitted was... on the last lap, has <laughs> managed to get the World Drivers Championship. It wasn't like everyone was steaming past him. Do you know what I mean? He was just like he. They were still there. Those tires were still there, and they everyone that used them, like they just they were comfy, you know. And you think about over the years, we've seen in particular these hard tires. We've seen them la- delaminate. On several occasions, notably, of course, on both Mercedes and Silverstone, they delaminated because mm. they were on for about 50 laps. So it's like, yeah, they're, 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 whatever they've done, they've made them, they, these tyres are so durable. I think, so it's durable. Ju- I think it's just the choices that they've made. They've gone hard. They've gone harder. They, well, they, the, the selection seems to be a little bit better than it was last year. Yeah, yeah. Because they, of the was, Baku incident, right? Yeah, the softer ones were softer this uh, this race, by the way. Oh. But, but they weren't this. So it was like the C5, the C4, and then it wasn't the C3, it was the C2. Oh, okay. That makes sense, That's I think. Rogue. Is that, is, that a, is that a number jump in that they normally do? I don't think so. I, I think seen it's that. normally sequential. Normally, yeah. But um, yeah, today they 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 skipped one out. So the soft ones are really soft, and then the medium and the hard ones. Which helped Albano out massively. Yeah, well, he got a, he got he got that point. Um, however, his um, his counterpart, his teammate, a big um, pile of wank. If he's still driving in Formula One next year. I think we need to really start reviewing how people get seats in Formula One. Um, Here comes the money. Yeah, I think we need to sort did, that did out. Did you see that because... meme of um, Latifi and Stroll fighting about whose fault it was? And they were just frying money at each other. It was a Simpsons <laughs> meme. And it was a video of them just frying money at each other. <laughs> it's like I Latifi and Stroll that. fighting about whose fault it was. Um, yeah. The two, the two Canadian pay drivers. I can't, we're not well, supposed to say pay driver, are we? No, no, I, I don't want to like, 
you know, I always sometimes I think I should be careful slandering these people in case this podcast goes somewhere and one day we're on the paddock and I go, hi, Lance Stroll. And he goes, you called me a cunt a couple of years ago. <laughs> I don't want to talk to you. We don't have to uh, worry about it because like, he won't be on the grid because he's wank. Okay, well, <laughs> I'll go get a gun in this. We are gunning this. I'll go get the shovel. We'll just go for it because <laughs> the teeth is horse shit. He's <laughs> fucking horse shit. He's oh. so bad. There should be. They should make a Formula One point five, and they just put in like like fucking Mazepin, uh, Latifi, uh, Chandok, uh, Maldonado. <laughs> yeah, all, all those, all the dog shit ones that just. This should never have been there. Uh, and just, just let them have a race and see who's As we've shit. said, though, I love Kareem as a pundit. He's one of my favourites. Mm. His, his analysis on the sky pad, mate. I love it. Um, three, uh, three, perfect, perfect start to the season for Latifi. Three race weekends. And how many red flags, Callum? Uh, I'm reading here on my notes. It says three, Joe. Three. It's three and three. What a fucking blinder from Nicholas Gotifi. And then if, you know, you can throw out, you know, the um, the race, the last race of the season, Abu Dhabi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So four. Four. Four, four in a row. Four. Yeah. Four. No, that wasn't red flagged. Oh, safety car. Nah. Should have been nah. red flagged. We should yeah. be on four for four. Yeah, it should be four for four. Michael, we, <laughs> we, haven't, for, we haven't forgot about you. All right. <laughs> you little bitch. Right. Um, Never forget. Yeah. Latifi sacked, uh, Albon doing a solid job. Not the biggest fan of Albono, uh, mate. I've said that a few times. Um, I like him, but that's just because he's got a personality. He's probably not actually, you know, earned my uh, appreciation <laughs> in, a, in a driving sense because he's not really done that much. Um, no, you know, he's, he's making the most of a shit heap, but there is one other shit heap we need to talk about. Um, oh my God, it's terrible, isn't it? It's so bad. We spoke about it for, it was one of the big things we got sidetracked on was how bad this Aston Martin looked to drive. And this weekend, Sebastian Vettel spent as much time on a scooter than he did in the Aston Martin. And he looked like he was happier on the scooter. He looked very happy on the scooter, actually. <laughs> that fair. kind of made my weekend. <laughs> he was just very happy. Uh, maybe he's um, going to try his hand at MotoGP next. Oh, I would love to see it. It would, make me, it would make me watch it again. So, you know, Seb. When you him and, him and Hamilton will both do it, won't they? But Lewis, yeah, Lewis loves his bikes, doesn't he? Lewis he's loves done... his bikes and he's done done all that stuff. Um, with Rossi, wasn't it? Did, yeah, he did a thing. It might, might have been, yeah, it was last year because Rossi was retiring that they did the the thing for. So, yeah, he loves his MotoGP as well. So maybe we'll get to see both of them racing again in MotoGP. That would be wild. Imagine winning a championship in both. That would be mental, wouldn't it? That would be fucking mental. Um, but the Aston Martin mechanics were the weekend from hell. Um, as we've already mentioned, we had the FP3 crashes from both drivers. Mm. Uh, it didn't look like either of them were going to get to start qualifying. They managed to get Stroll's car ready for qualifying. Um, and then they managed to get Vettel ready for qualifying in Q1 because Stroll drove into Latifi. <laughs> and then... <laughs> They've gotten to the race and Seb's car broke and he tried a 360. <laughs> 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 they must just be like, what the fuck are we going to do? Oh, uh, and then Stroll started weaving on the straights, got a five second penalty and uh, held up the whole grid. 
Just, just kept it interesting, I suppose. And yeah, he kept it well interesting. Bottas was trying to get past him for about six laps, and at one point we were watching him. You know that battle for so long, and there was five or six cars in a row that all had DRS. I think they were basically all getting it off stroll as well. Like it was just they were so <laughs> close together. And I think they were all just getting it off stroll, but they couldn't get past him. He got done for weaving on the straight. Um, it it was quite bad as well. Is it about P seven? And I thought. To be fair, if he just keeps going, he might get points with this five-second penalty he got. Um, but uh, yeah, didn't didn't end up getting there. No, um, I mean overall for you know for what it was, it wouldn't have been that much of a bad result if he did get some points, right? Yeah, well, that's I think that's all they can ask for at the moment because they really are fighting a battle to not be the worst car on the grid. They're and they're losing it, and they're losing it. They're getting worse and worse, and it's not helping. That well, they're the only team to not score a point yet. Yeah, and with a cost cap, breaking all these cars every session. Uh, and then, yeah, it's, it's going to be really tough for them. Did you notice on a side note with Aston Martin that Crofty was drinking at the Aston Martin HQ? Was he? Yeah, after the race. Uh, Ted's, Ted's doing his notebook and they're going around. And, and the camera pans over and David Croft is sitting there as they brought a glass of wine over and he's got it in his hand. He looks at the camera and goes, that is bad timing. That is bad. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, that is bad timing. And he looks at the wine, he looks at the camera and he looks, he sees Ted and he's like, <laughs> he's like, and for those that are just listening, he's like pointing at his wine and looking at Ted kind of saying, do you want one? Do you want one? And he was like, uh, my colleague, I, uh, th- there's no fun to be had uh, around here when, especially with Aston Martin. So, um, Yes, Crofty was chilling out Aston Martin, having a glass of wine. And um, there was a few people that were saying no when the camera was on them. That I bet the minute the camera turned around, they were like, give me the fucking wine. But, um, yeah, yeah, well, I, so wonder I, what, I wonder why they're trying to hide their drinking. Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think the it's, people fucking... It's very much known for being a sport where as soon as the race finishes, everyone is partying like mad, right? You know, Yeah, they just get lashed, man. I'd love to go to one of those start parties. I'd love to have a drink with David Croft. Crofty, I'd love to have a drink with you, mate. Can we have a drink together? Then that brings us on not so smoothly to Haas. Not so smoothly, but probably one of the biggest enigmas of the grid today. I mean, we, we we wouldn't be surprised if it was last year and it was the the set the, the, the GOI we had last year. Um, but it seemed like Mick was was on the up and it seemed like Magnussen was brilliant. The car was not there this weekend at all. No, and, and I wonder if that, that fourth DRS zone switch up, I, and I, this is complete speculation, as I always like to declare, because I don't want to, you know. It's it's the thing that changed, and yeah. it's the thing that threw things out. So, and I just, I wonder if they set up for that, and once that changed, they really just couldn't get it back. And it, it's a shame if that's the case. I kind of hope that's the case, so that we can see them back and scoring points, as I say, I've grown this really sweet spot for Gunther Steiner and Kevin Magnussen that came and out. Mick. And Mick, of course, who outperformed Magnussen outright on pace today, by the way. He was on, um, it was like 30 lap old hard tyres. Mick was on fresh mediums or, uh, sorry, Magnussen was on fresher mediums and um, Mick overtook him and finished ahead of him. So it's good to see that Mick has easily got the pace as well. To beat Magnussen. So if they can get their car back running in the points, we can finally see him score a championship point. I'd love to see him get a podium this year, Mick Schumacher. That would be, I mean, that's 
it's on everyone's bingo card, isn't it? But yeah, that'd I be mean, awesome. That'd be amazing. Um, yeah. there'd be some there'd be some tears tears to be had. Um, if Mick Schumacher managed to get a podium this year, uh, he's such a likable guy. And I, I think yeah. when um when Seb had his off in in FP three. Yeah, he, he did this the Seb stop, the Seb stop from mm-hmm. Lando's crash in Spa. Uh, you know the, the yeah, it's just what, like, you're what right, mate. Do, what people do, but um, yeah, and you know they've always said, uh, they've always said Mick has said in the past, Seb is to me what my dad was to Seb, and yeah. that is just such a lovely dynamic to have, isn't it? Um, Great sentiment, and Seb, Seb is just he's just like the 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 wise man now isn't he and he's he's grown his hair out and his beard and stuff and he's yeah he's just like he's just a dad now that's what it is yeah. like he he i i think it's very easy to forget that he was once like very petulant like max is now mm. and of course the most famous example being multi-21 set multi-21 in malaysia when he was strictly told not to overtake his teammate and he just did it anyway you forget that vettel used to have a little bit of a streak in him but now he's just like the nicest guy on the planet and i think he is he's just, easily the nicest guy on the grid right like, yeah he's, he's just a, i think yeah i think he's just a dad now and he's just like really nice to everyone he's just given up being a being a dick yeah so i mean there's and and there is something to be said about the older drivers on the grid having a maturity that is just sort of unparalleled in not sport in general, but you know, they are so, so good to the younger drivers, you know, especially their teammates and stuff. I don't know. Actually, I don't know anything about the, the relationship between Vettel and Stroll. So I don't know why I'm lying through my teeth there, but they, you know, they are role models. Um, we see really good content uh, with, you know, Ocon and Alonso, which I really like as well. Um, and then, yeah, Seb and Mick are best mates. So, the older drivers on the grid with that maturity uh, are good to have there, I think. And it's going to be a shame in a couple of years when we, we don't have a few of them around anymore. Yeah, we will start losing them. We'll start losing them pretty soon, I think. And I, as someone that got into Formula One uh, 2007, I, the Australian Grand Prix in 2007 was the first race I ever watched. Um, I woke up early in the morning to go to, was going on holiday, actually. And it was on. And I watched Hamilton sweep round overtake Fernando Alonso on the outside in turn one. And from there I was hooked. And, you know, I think that soon we're really not far away from every driver on that grid no longer being on the grid. And I just think like, wow, I've seen a whole new generation sort of come through. Well, you've you've only got a minute, right? You've got 2010. So you've got Alonso, 2007, sorry. Seven, I think it might just be Lewis and Fernando. I don't know if Vettel was racing for BMW no. then. I think he raced. No, I think, Maybe, I, think no, we've, I think we've checked this before, and he was two thousand eight. Yeah, I think I think I think you're right as well. We'll just we'll just. But I think he raced for BMW once in two thousand seven. Maybe he didn't. Let's have a quick quick uh, Google break. Give us free Zoom, by the way. Zoom, can you give us free Zoom? Thanks. Um, yes, so he did He did race at the 2007 US Grand Prix. And he... 15 years in the sport. Started in seventh and finished eighth to become the then youngest driver to score a point in Formula One. So he did have a race in 2007 
Um, he also then BMW released him in July 2007, where he joined Toro Rosso, yeah. uh, replacing Scott Speed uh, for the Hungarian Grand Prix. What a and name then, for a driver! Yeah, you know, it's a shame he wasn't more successful. Um, like he, he should be the goat, shouldn't he? Scott Speed. <laughs> He should be the eight championship guy. But, um, and then, yeah, of course, he was announced as the full time Toro Rosso driver in 2008. So, yeah, I guess, I, I guess it must be Seb, uh, Fernando, and Lewis. Mm. I think that might really be it. Yeah. So, uh, it's just, it really will be that that generation, my first generation of Formula One, is coming to an end. And it does also mean that I'm going to die soon at some point as well. So, yeah. <laughs> we're getting on to be fair aren't we yeah mate we're, we're really gonna have to start making some retirement plans um but, but yeah that, that's... See, that's 15 years that's 15 years and what is funny is that we've known each other for 20 years yeah well, it's yeah it's fucking hell yeah see yeah we are, we are old yeah because we left yeah i think you'd moved to america by then hadn't you 2008 2007? early 2008 early 2008 wow yeah, yeah so Wow, we have known each other for a long last time. Well, we would have been three or four. Maybe so. 21 years, 22 yeah. years. Wow. We well, are that's, old. There's, there's an origin story for another day, sports fans. It was um, on a non-F1 related podcast. Yeah, <laughs> just, the, just the, the get runes on it and do the, the, the origin stories. Um, that, was, that was the race. It was good. Was Australia. I yeah. am tired. I've been up since half four this morning. Uh, oh, another thing we haven't mentioned yet. Ted uh, did a shoey. Yes, he did. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> that was so funny. They just, uh, if anyone hasn't seen it, um, it wasn't on Ted's notebook. It was just in the post-race show. Yeah. They went to Ted to have a little discussion about a couple of bits and bobs, particularly about Ferrari. And he said... Uh, he was he in a crowd he, of nutters for some reason. He was in a massive crowd. For no which, reason at all. No reason. No security, nothing. Like, if someone wanted to throw a bottle at his head, they could have. Thank goodness. But like, like you said about no security, the media scrummer um, earlier on before that was seemed to be pretty free I think as well, F1 it? is just not like that, is it, really? It was, it's, as you said biggest uh, biggest sporting event we've seen in a while it was the biggest one in australia's history biggest sporting event event in australia's history wow you can say that's fairly obvious because obviously a formula one racetrack is a lot bigger than a football ground but the biggest sporting event in australia's history um and as we said it was just a brilliant weekend for you know for most people apart from max yeah oh yeah well and carlos i guess yeah, well, definitely a tough weekend for him. Well, for both of them, really. Yeah, he just uh, he he took a, he got offered a shoey and he said, "I would, but there's no there's no shoe." And some geezer in a Celtic shirt who's definitely had a few Heinekens before he was on the TV kissed yep. the badge of his Celtic shirt. Took his took it. He had vans, green so green vans, green vans. Put a half a tin of Heineken in it, and uh, Ted drank it and then later on in the notebook asked the doctor if he was going to be okay and the doctor told him he could have athlete's foot for the stomach <laughs> he said it was a bit gritty on his teeth yeah not something you want to hear about no or shoes so that was just that was just very a, a fun the whole the whole weekend looked like a so much fun and it looked like that just from the outside, I mean, I couldn't be further away from where it was. But from from what I saw, like, like the atmosphere was brilliant. Everyone was just so happy to have it back. The drivers were happy to be back. And it's just, yeah, I don't know if we'll have vibes as good as that in a race again this year. Maybe it's Silverstone or something like that. But I don't think you'll get a crowd like that 
with all the fanfare and stuff. So we'll, we'll have to do a live reaction to Silverstone, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I would love to get into live stuff, and I think that's something we've discussed. Um, for anyone that is sort of listening to this and wondering about like the media side of the fourth sector and stuff, we're sort of building up to it. We, you know, we're sort of we're building an audience, and once the audience grows, we can sort of start to expand. But at the moment, it's it would be a lot of work for not a lot of reward at the moment. So it's sort of just trying to lay the groundwork at the moment. Other than the fact that we just love chatting shit about racing. I love chatting shit. Period. Period. <laughs> that's it. That is it. But that's the race. We are going to do predictions next week when we have our our stricken Luke with us. Um, as we felt he'd he, he has He has actually messaged me mid-podcast. Um because I was actually quite ill like yesterday and the day before. And I'd, I'd, I'd had a few days where I was pretty under the weather. I think it's the old Delta Cron. Um, but I mean, he messaged me about 15 minutes ago saying he fully feels what I felt yesterday. So I think, yeah, he should be back in a few days. Um, so we can do, we can, we can think of some fun stuff to do next week. Um, on yeah, right. week. And as, as you say, talk about, we could do some fun facts about the track um and some predictions for the race and a bit of analysis on you know first three races of the season what's that 12 and a half percent of the season or so yeah but we 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 do have to continue on tradition very briefly before we finish the show in a very slightly different format uh we're going to play guess the driver driver um, driver, driver. driver driver um and because it's a 1v1 i guess we're going to just do like a you ask me, I ask you, and whoever gets it first out of me and you. That works. I'm down yeah. with that. Yeah. So you think of a driver, I think of a driver, whoever gets their driver first. But do the questions have to be the same either side? Like, you don't have to answer the question that I ask. No. I I, I, it's I ask. kind of like a game of Guess Who, but we don't have any faces to flip down. We've just got to mentally work it out. That'd be a good merch idea. But I, I'm just saying, that's, that's patent pending. Let's work that one out. Yeah. Um, so I haven't actually got a driver, so I'm just going to have like a, a second. I'm to... just staring into the abyss, not thinking of drivers, hoping that one's going to come to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not yet. No. Okay. Uh, I've got one. I also have one. Okay. Do you want you mm-hmm. to hit? Do you want to hit me first? I'll give you advantage. <laughs> I'm going to serve. Okay. <sighs> Joe, is yours a current driver? No. Okay. Callum. Yeah. Is yours a current driver? No. Oh. <laughs> no. Okay. Hit me. Is yours from Britain? No. Okay. Is yours European? No. I should have done it broader first, but yeah, I just so. thought if I just hit Britain, I was going to get you. Well, I mean, that would have been that would have been ideal, obviously. Mm-hmm. Is yours European? Yeah, I'm going to have to steal that. Yes, he is right. Okay, European, not current driver. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Okay, has yours won a world championship? No. I should be right no. down, but I'm not. <laughs> Did yours race in the 2010s? Yes. 
Okay. So like 10 to 19. Yes. Yes. I hope. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, <sighs> has yours won a race? That was a bit of a throwaway question from me. Yes, mine has won a race. Okay. Has won a race, isn't European, is not a world championship. We're not world champion. Right, okay. I need to get... I need to get some questions to get me closer. Yours is European. Mm. They're not driving anymore, but they mm. raced in the 2010s. To now. I, to I, now. Couldn't, I couldn't tell you exactly. Okay. Um, are they German? No. Fuck. I shouldn't have asked that. That was stupid. Stupid. <laughs> Um, is yours from North America? No. Okay. Running has... out, of, running out of continents here. <laughs> has yours won a race? No. Oh, son of a bitch. Okay. No, they weren't very good. <laughs> <laughs> They're the ones you forget. If it's Scott Speed, I swear to God. <laughs> Go on. Um, okay, all right. Uh, I've got to be clever now. This is quite hard. This is quite hard. It is hard because now I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of drivers that haven't won a championship, but have won a race that aren't European or from the America. Oh, it's yours from South America. No, fuck. <laughs> well, I thought I'd hit something there. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. He wasn't very good. That should be a gimme. <laughs> hmm. He wasn't very good. He was European. He mm. was in the tens era ish. Yep. He didn't win a race. He's not German. He's not British. Mm. Fuck, man. Still so much info. Oh, let's fucking send it. Is he Spanish? No. Fuck. Ah, mate, I'm I'm still lost over drivers that aren't European, North American, or South American. Because this is getting a bit tricky. Um, because we're running out of continents. Um, we are, and there's not that many African drivers, to my knowledge. Um. <laughs> So, <laughs> I'm not sure, not sure, 100%, um, but it sounds like one well, I'm not gonna know. Um, is your driver Australian? Yes, oh, thank fuck for that. Yes, he is Australian. I thought in the theme of the day, okay, okay, okay. So I'm just going to like sort of, you know, I'm th Italian, French, Italian, French, where else? I mean, obviously I know there's more European countries than Italy and France, but they're just like, they seem like likely ones to have drivers. You get quite a few Finnish drivers, but generally they're always quite good. They're not, none of them are really that shit other than Heike Kovalainen, but even he won a race. Is he French? No. 
Fuck! <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure I've lost now. I mean, I think, I think there's only there's only a, there's only one driver I can choose now, but right, I think there's only one driver. I, I can think choose. there is only one uh, one you can choose. Is it Mark Webber? It's Mark Webber, yeah. yeah. See, and <laughs> and I I was a bit rogue on that. I was just like, okay, it's definitely won a race. I'm sure he's won a race. He's yeah. also Australian, but I think my continents one helped me out a bit there. But only because there's only been two drivers from Australia in the past twenty years. Can you put me out of my fucking misery, please? No, no, no. I guess another one. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It, so, is he Italian? Yeah. Fuck. Right. Okay. Yano Trulli. No. Fuck. Sorry for my language today, everyone. Uh, he, he is currently driving in another um, championship. Oh, is it Giovinazzi? It is Antonio Giovinazzi. Oh, that makes so much sense. I was going... But I don't know what year he started in F1, to be fair. So that's why I said 2010s to now. Because I don't know if he started in 2020 and only did like one or two years or something. Because oh. I couldn't remember him being there for ages. I feel like he did like two scenes at Alpha, but I don't know if he started before that. So I might have been wrong about him being in 2010s. He might race in 2019, to be fair. Who knows? I'm going to have a look anyway. Google knows. Yeah, I'm Googling this. No, you were fine. He raced in uh, 2019. Yeah, well, he he was my driver. um, And he's still racing in Formula E and apparently isn't that bad. So good on him. And he was also at uh, Jeddah for... No, was it Jeddah? It says on his Wikipedia page that as well as Formula E for Dragon slash Pensk Autosport, that he is the reserve driver he for is. Haas, Alpha and Ferrari. Yeah, anything yeah. with the Ferrari engine, he's a reserve driver because he was yeah. relatively unlucky to lose his seat, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he was he was in the pictures from the, I'm sure it was from the Ferrari one too. So it would have been um, from Bahrain. He was, he was hanging out and he was in the pictures and obviously he'll be doing quite a lot of their sim driving. So he's probably a very busy man. He's having a horrible Formula E season. Is he actually? <laughs> yeah, three races, zero points. It's, <laughs> it's, it, the car must be bad, right? The car must be bad. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Aren't they all the same car in Formula E? Oh, I think maybe. they're the same. I think they're the same car. I think it's all oh. the same specs and everything. Three races, zero wins, zero poles, zero fastest laps, zero podiums, zero points, and he's 22nd in the championship. <laughs> How many cars are in the championship? How many drivers more are in than, the championship? Well, more than 22, I guess. Oh, okay, fair. Uh, let's have a look. Uh, what's it called? Formula, Formula E. Right. Uh, oh. Two, Four, six, eight, ten, twelve. Oh no, is he last? 16, 18, 2022. No, <laughs> he, he is. He might as well just stay as the reserve driver and the sim driver, Ferrari, and all the other teams. He is last. Because eventually he's going to get a race in, isn't he? There's three teams that have got him as a as a backup. How's his teammate Camera getting on? Because okay, so his teammate 
Sergio Sete Camara, who I think raced in Formula Two before. Did Maybe. he? No. Yeah. Yeah, Formula 2 in 2018 and 2019. Um, he is also three races, zero points. So the team's just shit. So the team must just be shit. I'd it's maybe not shit class... the Nazis' fault. No. Italian Jesus was never that shit. I mean, he was always... Uh, he was in a bad... When, when he was at Alpha, it was a bad car. Wow, there's a lot of rejects. <laughs> <laughs> Formula E, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's that's for another day. Maybe we'll talk about some like Formula E and stuff in our mid. Uh, we've we've been over podcast. a couple of other a couple of other racing um, championships and said that we'd love to be able to watch them, but you don't get the fucking coverage, do you? You don't get the coverage, and there is that sense of like F one is premium. Do you know what I mean? So like, there's UFC on every weekend. And I love watching fighting, so I could watch it every weekend. However, because there isn't the names, the household names, the mm. names that you know I know because I play the game or whatever, even though there's still really good fights, because it hasn't got those household names, sometimes I will just give it a miss, even though I would get the equal yeah. amount of action that I would get watching it. Well, and, that, and that's the thing is, is with you know, with, with football, you've got um the the Scottish Premier League on TV, you've got the Championship. Sometimes you even get League One games that are on randomly on different channels. But with with Formula E, and I think with um, what's the new Extreme E, yeah, yeah. Uh, the when the coverage is there, I think people come. You know what I mean? I think when mm. the coverage is there, people come. But um, that's the only reason I watch Formula Two and Formula Three is because when you've got Some. the whole weekend because you're waiting for the race on a Sunday afternoon, you're up in the morning. What do you do? You whack the F3 on, you whack the F2 on. Yeah. Get a uh, flavor for it, mate. Yeah. Especially the F2. Cause they're always at the same circuit, aren't they? So it's usually quite good with the F2 to, you know, to watch, to watch how the racing might go um, in the formula one race. But um, anyway, it's probably dragged on long enough. Uh, yeah. Let yeah. These lovely people <laughs> get back to their everyday lives. And, He's already dead. And we will, we will see you all sometime next week uh, when Luke will be back and we'll be leading up to another race weekend. So double header and then a miss and then a race and then a miss. When's our next double header, Cal? I can look for you now, my good sir, because I have the schedule right here. In I, front want, I want another double header now. We're going to Amelia Romagna in Muller next. Then we are not, it's not double header because we're off to Miami. And then it's another two weeks because we're then we're back to Spain. Um, and that is your next double header is uh, Barcelona, then Monaco is your next double header. Which is the 20th of May to the 22nd of May and then the 27th of May to the 29th of May. By then to which you would have turned 25 years old. I will be, yeah, I will be older by that time. Um, yeah, that's a shame. Six weeks odd till till our next double header, but we'll be we'll be back uh, when there's stuff to talk about anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We'll try and make up some bullshit in the middle anyway. Yeah, we'll we'll work some stuff out and just keep the keep the keep the hype train going. Thanks everyone, we love you. Enjoy you your week, mate. Oh, thank you.